Welcome to the Cardio Metabolic Health Podcast, the show which helps listeners drop fat, increase muscle mass, and most importantly, prevent or even reverse lifestyle-driven diseases. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Andrew Appleton, as we dive into the root of obesity, diabetes, neurological disorders, and even many cancers. Yes, these are all preventable diseases driven by various lifestyle choices that you can do something about today. Our podcast aims to take complex health topics and turn them into easily digestible information with a practical viewpoint so you can take meaningful actions right now. So join us as we do our part to reestablish the core value of health back to our community. We might as well get right to it. So uh, this episode, I don't know if we'll put this one out next week or the week after, but it'll be shortly before the Christmas holidays we'll put this one out. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about uh, resolutions and uh, our points of view and whatever we think might be helpful for people at that time of year because the new year is the time when a lot of people start thinking about their health. I think it's a for two reasons. One, that's kind of what people do at that time of year just because it's everywhere and it's, uh, it's, it's kind of the theme of the new year is, you know, what you're going to do to take care of yourself. It's a and, fresh start. Yeah. yeah. And then most people have significantly abused themselves between Christmas and New Year's yeah. and social well, eating Well, you know the way I – so there's there's 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. Like what's the point of the two, right? <laughs> so, you know, 50, do a good job there. And then the last two weeks for Christmas and New Year's, just blow it all out. Right? Yeah. And a, a lot of it's <laughs> socially motivated, right? Everyone's off work, families together. You're visiting friends' houses, families coming over. So, yeah. uh, But it's also – there's this uh, – I'm not saying this is a good or bad thing, but there's a socially acceptable motivation to eat and drink. It's kind of a, a part of all the the festivities, uh, and I'm sure that can be you know a healthy social thing for some people. And I'm sure some people take that <laughs> a little bit too far. Right. Like me as a teenager, uh, my what? whole Christmas holidays was just you know abusing myself with with my friends and some people carry that well into adulthood unfortunately but the the first question i wanted to to start with to kick this off do you think new year's resolutions in general are a good thing (laughs) well first of all do you have all your electronic transmitting functions like (laughs) yeah my apologies (laughs) just blew it on the last episode uh, if you Man, listen to people, the last people are going to think we're like a couple of hacks. That's why I have my <laughs> recording out of a gym or something. <laughs> that, that's why I have the actual <laughs> earphones in right now, uh, because I'm I'm still living with the anxiety and remorse <laughs> of that air. Uh, but no, we're all set. Do everything I, okay. sounds good? Uh, do I think? Uh, I think that they can be if thought about in the right way. Uh, just as I think that. Every Monday is an opportunity to start over again, or every morning is an opportunity to start over again. It just so happens that uh, you know this is the uh, the crowdsourced collective idea about when you should renew something or take up a new hobby or a new look or perspective. Um, so I certainly think it can be used constructively, and people benefit from it. But again, it's just it's got to be it's got to be a reasonable goal or thing that you're actually moving towards that helps you in your journey for a better life. Do you think there's a deeper 
uh, human motivation there because I, you know, I wasn't really thinking about this going into the podcast, but there, there are many of those new beginnings, whether it's every morning or the beginning of every single week or every the moment, beginning of Tommy. the new year, because these are all, you know, all those beginnings are basically our, uh, you know, our 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 tr- our one trip around the sun is broken into those like sunrises and sets. That's you know a new beginning and an end. You know, the beginning of the end of the week is broken down. It's it's the 365 days broken down into like weeks or like a new season. A new season comes, and we use uh, we use the at least the verbiage of a new season as like a new beginning, a new part of life. You think about the seasons of life as a whole. Like there's your spring of growth when you're a kid there's the summer when life is supposed to be beautiful there's the the fall when things start to slow down and then the winter where you're <laughs> on death's door there's all these <laughs> there's all these different ways that we look at new beginnings so i wonder if if there's something to the new year where it's not just that it's you know a pop culture thing or uh, a wellness industry thing maybe it's there's like a human thing there too where I don't know the history of cultures and 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 what they do in their New Year's, but but all different cultures on different calendar, you know, the way they they view their own calendar historically, every culture has like a new year that is significant in some way. Yeah, for sure. And I, and if you go back far enough, I mean, it would probably be based on you know the solstice cycle or whatever, and you know people gather at the solstice and they reflect on the year gone by and they think about how fat sac- they are and talk about a losing goat weight. or something <laughs> yeah it's, sure i mean I, I think any any of these milestones like people love milestones right we love celebrating birthdays and anniversaries and you know when 10 years since a significant event goes by you see articles about it and going you know what's happened since as if that had any real you know true effect on what's happening now um i don't know it's it's just it's the psychology of human beings but i think it can be harnessed for productivity for sure yeah my my thoughts on resolutions is you know ever evolving when i was younger and a little bit more brash I had the opinion of, you know, resolutions are bullshit (laughs) for the most part. How could you be more brash? (laughs) I suppose (laughs) you'd be surprised. Uh, I I used to uh, this. (laughs) I used to speak, if you can believe this or not. I used to uh, speak a lot more while thinking a lot less as I was younger. Now I'm at least a little bit more thoughtful before I put things out there. Frontal frontal lobes have kicked in. Yes, or or I'll put something out there and maybe be a little bit more thoughtful and and refine (laughs) when I'm going to say that thing again, essentially, maybe approach it a little bit differently. But yeah, I I had the, I was of the notion of like, if if, if your avenue to transforming your health is the new year, good luck. Whereas as I as I got a little bit more mature, I thought, what does it matter? Yeah, like, there's all it, there's all these interesting mixes of timing where you never know what the combination of where someone is in their life, what tools they have available to them, what's going on behind the scenes that might be motivating them, and then some other form of catalyst of timing. That this is the whether it's quitting smoking or losing weight or bettering their marriage or being a a better parent, these things that people want to do all the time, but mostly don't succeed for most of their attempts. There's all these X factors that play a role. And it's like if new if the new year 
and the idea of a resolution just happens to be that X factor this time around and works for you, that's then, then that's so essentially a great yeah, thing, yeah. right? Yeah, like all the stars have aligned, and it, so the quitting smoking is a good example. Uh, so there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of psychology research and and data to support the fact that setting a quit date. So when you when you have somebody who's contemplating quitting, then you get them to put it on the calendar, and then we go into preparation mode. You know, sometimes there's medications or nicotine replacement that can help facilitate that, and we would initiate that you know two to four weeks before that quit date. But they know when they've got that on the calendar, that's the last one. And there's there's some sort of psychological advantage to that, just knowing that okay, this is it, I'm done, we're moving on. This is a new phase after that. I'm gonna derail us a little bit here, but have you, did you read that study about the uh, the medium term success of people who quit smoking from doing uh, ritualistic ayahuasca ceremonies? <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> I missed in, that one. <laughs> it is incredible, of course the testing pool is limited, right? I think there was, uh, I'm not even going to say because I can't remember, uh, I can't remember the testing pool size. But over a year and a half of follow-up, over 80% of the smokers, lifelong smokers who perform this, uh, for those who don't know, ayahuasca is like a traditional Amazonian psychedelic, uh, which it, it doesn't look like is a ton of fun to take pardon, to be honest, uh, gastrointestinal issues, uh, intense emotional release. Anyhow, I'm just picturing that episode of the Simpsons where they, they lick the frog <laughs> and then their eyes dilate. And yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, over 80% of the lifelong smokers, 18 months after the ceremony are still not smoking. Yeah, which is insane. If you know the statistics for attempts to quit smoking to success, it's like less than 5%. Yeah, yeah. Like really well done would be probably less than 25% success rate at a year or so. Yeah. So you wonder like is, is, it the, is it the substance? Is it the fact that it was a ritualistic ceremony that they participated in? Like who knows? I'm sure it's, it's, it's all those things. Yeah. I'm sure there are. Uh, I believe there's also there was a uh, shaman involved. I yeah, and, yeah, and I think there was also professionally trained uh, psychiatrists or psychologists who were right. involved in the in the therapeutic end of it as well. And, I don't yeah, think you can just eat a bag of mushrooms in your basement <laughs> and then just not smoke anymore. I don't know right. if that's going to yeah. work for you. But yeah. those are those things interest me. Anyways, that that's a bit of an aside. Don't. Uh, don't look to a ayahuasca ritual in the new year for, for your weight loss plans. I, I know, know. I know what your resolution is now. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if that's yeah, a bag of mushrooms. But going back to what I was saying about you know my ever changing attitudes and opinions on how I feel about resolutions. Recently, and by recently I mean in the past five years, I do still have this point of view that if you're waiting until the new year, you are you are likely going to be much less successful than somebody who starts before the new year. Because there's something about as soon as you have the motivation, you need to act upon it. If you're thinking about these issues you you have and trying to resolve them, the time is, is now essentially. And every week, month, future date you set of when you're actually going to begin, I don't have 
I don't have the data to back this up, but in my experience, the people who wait are the people who are much less successful. Sure. While the people who are like, I'm not because waiting until the new year. Like, I can go through Christmas and make changes there's with, always, with what I eat There's always an excuse, right? Like, there's always, yes. well, you know, if I, if I just have to get through this thing or I just have to get through this busy period or do this project or, you know, wait until the kids are back in school or, or whatever, there's always something because there's so many different aspects to life. Um, but if, if you want to change and you desire to change and you feel that you're ready to, then the time is now. There, there's no there's no better time than now. Yeah, the right the right the right time is never and always at the same time. Right. Like depending. <laughs> Whoa, on how, OK. If uh, the right yeah. if you're yeah. if you're waiting for the right time, it's never going to come because there is no right time and there is no right time because it's always the time. Hey, like whenever there's a problem that needs to be solved in your life. The time to solve that problem is now. Yeah. Otherwise, A, it festers, or B, the longer it goes on, the longer you just accept that thing as a problem that's not going to be resolved. Yeah. And it, it generally involves uh, honesty. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and the people that we're, the person that we're least likely to be honest with is often ourselves. Yeah. And so it's it's a bit of a uh, turning the mirror on yourself and going, okay, you know, what what is actually holding me back here? Yeah, because in order to do that deep dive, you're going to have to uncover some pain. And it's it's a lot easier just to not think about or face those things. It's like the person where something's wrong with their health and they know they know things just aren't right. And I, perhaps you, you know, you have different statistics on this. But from what I understand, it's it's a big problem with men. They know that something isn't right with their health but they will wait as long as possible until they actually have to go see somebody to point to the diagnosis where like they'll let disease fester and get out of control and turn into something that maybe there could have been a remedy for just by avoiding uh, having to, to actually hear this is what's wrong with you right now. Uh, and the, yeah. you know, this is, this is essentially a microcosm of that issue. In, yeah. In I, I can give you an example. I, I, <laughs> I won't say who it is because uh, he'd be embarrassed, but uh, somebody I know well uh, rolled his ankle pretty badly two weeks ago and, you know, had bruising like all the way up the leg and it's been sort I've of had that a couple hobbling times. around on a potato foot for <laughs> the last couple of weeks. And, you know, finally got to the point where it's like, OK, it's been two weeks and I, I still can't walk. Uh, so had a had a scan done. Had a complete ATFL tear. Jeez, <laughs> so pretty, pretty nasty. Which requires immobilization and you yeah, know yeah. potentially it's, it's surgery. Probably not just right? going to resolve by yeah, itself. But, I mean, but it's it, like, yeah, that's this is what men do, right? That's that's what we do. We for sure we're like, you know what? It's fine, and like just walk it off, and yeah. Which realistically, we're just <laughs> we're just sissies, and we don't have <laughs> exactly. the courage to face. Well, a you know that as soon problem. as you get a cold. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Pr- Look after me. I'm pretty good. I know there's this whole like man cold thing. It's a real phenomenon. I I push through sickness <laughs> unless I'm like bedridden. If I'm bad, like if if you're yeah. that sick, you're that sick. Anyhow, <laughs> moving along. So, what do you think people can do to be successful in resolutions? Because the truth of the matter is, the vast majority of people come out of the gate hot, and maybe. It lasts a day or a few weeks, or if you want to get crazy, a few months. 
but the vast majority of people fall off along the way. And then the next year, it's the next thing that they're going to do. And they're just in this perpetual cycle of I get healthy for a couple of weeks to a couple months at the beginning of the year. And then I just sink back into my old ways until I get so frustrated and hate myself so much that I'm willing to try something else. And if I don't find something successful throughout those times of feeling awful about myself, the new year is the time where yeah. you know, I'm, I'm pushed to make this attempt again. So, well, here's step one. Define the problem that you're trying to solve. And it, like, it sounds so simple, but almost nobody does it because the, the wellness industry that's out there is trying to sell you products. They're trying to sell you solutions. There's no end of articles and blogs and, you know, podcasts that aren't nearly as good as this one (laughs) (laughs) that, you know, they're, they're trying to tell you, you just need to do this or buy this and your problem will be solved. It's like, but wait, what was the problem in the first place? So the way I always describe it is, you know, it's don't use solutions in search of problems. If you feel like something's wrong, you need to investigate that and start asking questions and get to the root cause of what is actually the issue. And then once you know that thing and you have a clearly defined problem statement is how we we would describe it in either research or quality improvement. In nerd school. In nerd school. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Once you have that, then you can actually go and figure out, okay, what have people done to solve this problem in the past? What works and you know what potentially doesn't work so that I don't waste my time on things that have no evidence or data attached to them. So it takes a bit of knowing, you know, what are the right sources to find that information and then figuring out if there is information that exists, does it apply to me in my specific situation? So there's actually a lot of groundwork to do before you just go, okay, I'm going to, you know, start fasting do i'm going to do you know a three-day fast every month okay but why like what what are you trying to do with that well how does somebody properly define the problem because i can tell you what everyone's problem is going to be at new year's i'm fat and i don't want to be <laughs> fat anymore okay that's what it's going to be so what like what what is the actual problem? Because if the problem is just that somebody's fat, I don't know that they're going to be led toward uh, an adequate solution. Sure. So, but there, there's more to it than that. So there it, is. It was, Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why I do this. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Yet here keep, you are. Keep showing up. Uh, you must yeah. be lonely. <laughs> <laughs> this is the big, best social time I have all week. Um, so, I mean, if, if you've recognized that you're overweight, you're out of shape, okay, that's, so that's a good recognition to have. It shows a good level of insight and acceptance to you know, go, okay, this, this is where I'm at right now. Great. But is there more to the story? So if you're overweight, that could also mean that there's other things going on. You know, you're at risk for other health problems. So I want to know as much as possible about what could be associated with the fact that I'm overweight or out of shape. And so I need to probably seek out some help for that. Maybe I need to get some blood work done. Maybe I need to have an assessment done so I can fully flesh out everything. You know, it's one thing to just be overweight, but you've got normal blood pressure, normal blood sugars, normal cholesterol. You know, there's no other issues here. Great. So now I can just purely focus on losing some weight and adding more exercise into my life. And I know that I will be healthier because of that. 
But if you all of a sudden unearth the fact that I actually have, you know, hypertension that I didn't know about, or I actually have impaired fasting glucose, I'm pre-diabetic, I had no idea. That changes the level of you know, advice and support that you're going to need as you go through the journey to fix those problems. So, I mean, it's it's really just, just saying that, okay, I'm overweight and need to lose weight. That's, you know, really the tip of the iceberg. Now, I know that as a physician, you will medicalize problems you by your nature. <clears throat> but do you not think that there's inherent issues that come with looking beyond just the surface level problem? Because the more complicated you make a problem or the more steps there are to define a problem, the quicker someone's going to lose the interest in even trying to find a solution. Because if someone's just, they look in the mirror or they put on a pair of pants or whatever is the, the daily reminder of I'm in terrible shape, I think it's, you got to act now. If it's like, I'm in terrible shape, but in order to adequately solve my out of shape problem, I've got to get blood work, I've got to go see a doctor, I've got to go do all of these things. Most people, by the time they're three to four steps down the line, like they're even even just thinking about having to do those things. Sure. As step one, two, they're gonna go, ah. There's, yeah, it gets, it seems like it's overly complicated. There might be some additional cognitive barriers that go into that just because it seems murkier and murkier as you go into it. So that's fine. Like if, if your sole motivation is you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see and you are motivated to improve the aesthetic appearance of your body in a healthy way, then use that motivation for sure. There's, there's no reason why you have to necessarily go beyond that. Uh, you know, if you can harness that energy and do something that's productive, then wonderful. Do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, there's uh, there's a difference between someone who's out of shape, but otherwise, in quotes, healthy, and then someone who's out of shape and they wake up most nights sweating with a 90 to 100 beat per minute heart rate, which is abnormal for them when they have these other indicators of like, there's something not right going on here yeah that person has to go have that issue investigated properly yes yeah but at the same time i mean one of the things so prevention is is so key and there are so many things that people can have that are silent for many many years until they're not silent anymore right and the damage is done so that's that's why i always encourage people to you got to look under the hood you need to know a little bit more about than just the the surface level stuff and it can seem intimidating, but if you find the right person and you find the right information, then it doesn't have to be so. It's actually more of, you know, lead lead with your curiosity. Just lean into it. Go, you know, I wonder if this is actually a problem for me. Then how can I find out? And how do I know that, you know, the information is accurate? And then what do I do with that information? Yeah, I thought you were going to go somewhere else when you're talking about defining a uh, problem. What I was thinking about when you brought that up is if someone's if someone sees their problem as I'm overweight, that's not the problem. The problem is that you're you have a terrible diet, <clears throat> probably right. don't exercise much, you probably don't sleep too much or sleep very well, you're probably stressed out of your mind, 
you probably have kids at home, which takes up most of your, you know, mental energy, or I shouldn't say you probably, but it's, it's, it's quite likely for uh, a middle-aged person. Uh, and then you can, you know, peel, peel another layer off that onion and say, yeah. uh, I have these emotional issues and under, underlying stresses and needs that food is a remedy for, uh, television is a remedy for, lying down is a remedy for because at the end of the day <clears throat> when it's the only time i i have to exercise i don't have the energy to go to a gym and do something i just want to go sit on the couch for an hour and decompress so that i don't hate my life the next day i feel like i get a little bit of something yeah. back into my life and these are the issues that people are struggling with ultimately it's childhood trauma <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost 100 um, percent so, so here's a practical thing that people can do it's called the five whys so if you've identified something that you think is a problem as you say so let's just keep using overweight as an example you go okay why am i overweight and you just listed you know four or five different because reasons why that might be. My husband eats all this stuff at night. Right. And <laughs> I try and eat better, but he keeps chips in the house and when he eats chips it makes me want to eat chips. Okay, so why <laughs> why does he want to eat chips? Because chips are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Am I derailing your five whys right now? <laughs> uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, yeah. why, why am I overweight? Yeah. Well, because I eat too much. Well, why, why do you eat too much? Well, because eating makes me feel good. Well, why does eating make you feel good? Well, because I'm in this place all the time about this issue. What, yeah, well, why, why that? Because yeah. my marriage is falling apart and I can't stop thinking about my, yeah. my unstable future where... <laughs> so instead of how, worrying about losing weight worry about fixing your marriage <laughs> yeah right? and it's and it's both of those things yeah. right it's helpful and it's unhelpful it's helpful because if you don't solve if you don't solve those problems there's no longevity to the solutions right because as long as that thing's there you're going to keep going back to those unhealthy remedies for that problem while that problem is festering yeah uh, but at the same time you also need people need some some quick wins too Right. Like they need to like lose five pounds in a week because it makes them feel good and motivates them to like keep doing the thing. So I think people need both. They need like immediate action unrelated to the deeper problem to make them feel like, well, the as, wheels are turning a little bit. But, but as long as you're not tied to continuing to get those quick wins, because those quickly plateau or go away. Yeah. And this is really why most resolutions fail is because people don't do anything about the underlying issues that make diet and exercise possible for a long-term period of time. Yeah. So how like how do how do you connect these two things? It's a it's the new year. People are going to start trying new things. They're gonna you know they're gonna try their hand hopefully at diet and exercise and not like cleanse reset whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw a funny internet meme the other day. Uh, so I think someone posted it on Twitter and it said. Uh, this year I'm doing the clog. <laughs> it's like that's that's what everyone's doing from the the 23rd to the second. They're doing the clog, and then they try the cleanse after. But assuming that you're going to make your way into eating better, moving more, hopefully taking care of other things like uh, erratic sleep patterns and 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 serious stress, 
how would you guide somebody to approach the deeper underlying issues that make it impossible to stick to those changes in the long term? Because you're always going back to whether it's, you know, technological distraction or staying up too late or eating the wrong foods because you're self-medicating these actual issues that that are going unaddressed. Yeah, so you're kind of getting at um, a bit of self-efficacy stuff. So self-efficacy is the notion that I feel like I can do it. And there's some internal things that go into that. So you need to be ready. You need to feel like you have the tools, you have the understanding, you have the knowledge to do it. But at the same time, there's external factors that you have the social support, you have the resources, you have the facilities to accomplish the thing that you're trying to accomplish. So you can do a reasonably quick analysis if you have the you know personal psychological setup to to achieve something but also the external resources and support to help facilitate achieving it and a lot of that does look at your lifestyle factors so for people who are busy working and you know we know that like the single biggest factor that everyone cites for not doing things is not having enough time to do things but i can guarantee you that there's all sorts of time you can find in your weekly schedule to get rid of and so, you know, one of the things that I had sort of quickly written down is sort of this, you know, the non-resolution resolution that I that I recommend to people is eliminate aggressively. Look at your life and all of the external or extraneous things that you're doing and see what you can do without. Because the path to leading a better life, the path to well-being is about subtracting things. It's not about adding more stuff, more routines, more memberships, more subscriptions. It's about getting rid of the noise and clearing space so that you actually get to choose how you spend your time. And, you know, if, if you have enabled on your phone, I don't know, like iPhones do it, they tell you, like, what was your screen time this week? And it's, it's crazy to... People don't want to look at that. To find out. Like, so if you have that function enabled, it tells you how, like, how many hours you were staring at your phone or your computer that week. And it's really alarming to see that number. And you go, well, I mean, what, what is the point of that? Unless it's actually being done to do your job, then probably you're on there for mindless entertainment for something that's actually not adding any value to your life. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good proxy. I've never thought of that. Uh, it'd be nice if you could see that on other people's phones without requiring access. Because then when someone's like, I don't have time, you just press a button on their phone. You had six and a half hours last week to be looking at Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok. So clearly time's not an issue. I think the problem I think the problem for people is that their free time is spent doing all of these inappropriate remedies that are that are probably quite helpful for people in the moment for the problem they're attempting to solve, but very destructive in the long term whether it's just going out and spending money on things or getting a little bit too social out, you know, drinking with friends all the time uh, to, to make yourself feel good or maybe avoid something, to sitting on the couch staring at the TV, just zoning out and essentially numbing yourself to things that are going yeah. on. It's like, I don't have time in addition to all of these crutches that I have that are incredibly important to me. I had this yeah, I had a, a rant on Instagram the other day, which was maybe a little <laughs> bit too aggressive. But I was saying something like that of like people who say I don't have time. 
like I have two businesses. I have three young kids. I've run I've ran in two political campaigns in in a span of six months. Like the, you have the time. It's there. It's just what are your priorities? But then even in saying that, it's like it is about priorities, but it's also about your ability to to actually attack your priorities, not always be sucked into this need for self-medication. And I think I've, I've just spent a lot of time working on those problems in a way where now I can spend my time doing the things that I actually value yeah. uh, rather than, you know, always needing something. And it's this problem is probably going to get worse as people get... Yeah, an inability to just not be distracted all the time by things. Yeah, and I feel like the pendulum's kind of it's swung a little bit too far in the wrong direction, in my opinion. So we know that will you can't get by on willpower alone. So that that's not a winning recipe. No, but you do need willpower. Yeah. You you do need self discipline to carve out that time and create new practices and give it enough time to make it a habit or make it just something that you do. Like you need to become the person that exercises regularly. You know, if that's the person that I want to be, well, guess what? You need to actually have the discipline to make that happen. So, you know, there's, we talk about change management stuff and there's, there's a lot of talks out there. Every time I listen to a talk now on nutrition or exercise, it's all about motivational interviewing, motivational interviewing. It's, you got to meet people where they are. And it's like, well, what are, what are you ready to do right now? And what do you, what do you, it's like, yeah, I, I get that. And that's, that's important because there needs to be a shared decision-making going on. But at the same time, they still got to do it and you can't do it for them. So there has to be a little bit more self-ownership and self-responsibility. And I kind of see society heading in the other direction. Yeah, it's it's tricky because you don't at the end of the day, you can never know the very specific thing that triggers somebody to change. Uh, But in in a higher level sense, the only people who are going to who are going to find success are those who can do things when it's the hard thing to do. Right. Like if you can't exercise when exercise is the last thing you want to do, you won't succeed. If you can't eat healthy when people around you are eating in a very unhealthy way, or there's all of these unhealthy options available, if you can't stick to eating healthy under those circumstances, you're not going to succeed. This is why I tell people where they're like, how many days a week should I exercise every day? Every day. That's one and, of my other non-resolution resolutions and, is move every day. Yeah, and I'm not saying like I'm sure there's people who can completely transform their state of health by exercising three times per week or even two times per week. But the point yeah. is when every day it's is today the day that I work out or not, it's going to be not but, all but the, the question, time. But the question there is because there's there's always this mental stumbling block of you know what what is someone's model of exercise when you You use the word exercise if you don't vomit it's not (laughs) exercise you have to have garbage cans and fill it with puke yeah crossfit Um, model (laughs) yeah exactly the rhabdo model that's right um it's but you need to ask people that so you know what does exercise mean to you what it's and for most people it's like well i'm in a gym i'm lifting weights and it's like but it doesn't have to be that like exercise is literally going for a brisk walk is moving and your body is benefiting from that so it, it, you don't have to constrain yourself. And I, this is one of the major frustrations that I have in clinic. And it just like literally just happened this Monday with a patient that I saw. It's like, well, what, what do you do for physical activity? Well, nothing. Okay, well, 
like how is that possible like oh well, well you know in the in the fall i was doing a lot of cleanup in the yard and we would go for walks but now that it's cold i i mean wh- what can i do yeah you're like well what can you do like do you have stairs in your house can you walk up and down the stairs like let's start problem solving here you can't just say put up this mental barrier be like well it's it's the winter i just do nothing now yeah so yeah so you actually have a list of things you planned on going through today? Uh, I, had, I, 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 I wrote down four <laughs> things in about 45 seconds last night after gotcha. after we texted back and decided that this is what we're going to do. So but, one of uh, them was understand the problem. Was no, that on we there? could was add that. that? Was that add. That's a bonus. So there's actually five. It's oh, a nice man. It's a nice square number. Fives are good. Eh? So the one of them would have been do something every day, be active every Move day. every day, eliminate aggressively, which... We, we covered. Yeah. So eliminate yeah. aggressively to recap that one. Yeah. Uh, Andrew basically said, get divorced, <laughs> orphan your kids, quit your job, and just get absolutely jacked. Get rid of all of those life stresses and uh, and start hitting the gym seven days a week. Like those- uh, But when you're not in the gym, just meditate for 28 hours a day. Yeah. I don't know if you ever watched those, uh, that like Gold's Gym documentary <laughs> and the dude just sleeps in his van outside of the gym right and is trying to be a professional bodybuilder but it's, it's going on like 14 15 years of this guy <laughs> living in his van outside the gym it's like that's what it requires but no i i'm 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 obviously joking if you're here. just tuning in <laughs> but yeah like you know all of the things that you ingest that you do you know both ingest in your stomach ingest in your eyes and ears and brain that are unhelpful like you, just you, you in your eyes. You, yeah, like things you see, <laughs> okay. things you watch, the like the things that distract you, TV, social media. Like you have to you have to start eliminating all of these things. Don't that you act take like part you in. haven't been binge watching the <laughs> Harry and Meghan documentary. Oh my god. I can't think <laughs> I I've said something to like my wife is very into the royal family and always has been. Her sisters, right. her mother, it's like a whole family thing. I can't repeat what I said to her about it because she said something about the show. And I said, I would rather watch. I think actually. I'll My just... usual go-to is I'd, I'd rather have a cactus enema. than Yeah, <laughs> yeah something like that. Yeah. Said, I'd rather watch my. I'll, I'll just leave it there. And I. I it, <laughs> I'm just thinking about it in my you head know, right pop now. Pop culturally relevant, I suppose. But uh, anyway. Yeah. Let's I make suppose. sure you get your exercise and your health eating in before you sit down <laughs> and and, uh, and take that one in. So continue on. Eliminate aggressively. Exercise every day. Yeah. Oh, I forget now. Oh, jeez. Let's see. Drink less. Drink less. Yeah. Alcohol. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. yeah. Not water. Yeah. Drink <laughs> more stop, water. Stop yeah. drinking so much of that water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all your problem is all water weight. <laughs> Stop drinking exactly. water. You know yeah. how they say your body is seventy yeah. percent water. So I mean, this this just kind of harkens back to our uh, our episode we did on the the new drinking safe drinking guidelines, and uh, you know, even I was I was looking at a Mediterranean diet uh, guidelines recently, and even on that, it still says you know one a glass of red wine a day uh, is supposed to be healthy. But if you if you actually extrapolate that out, then you know the data would suggest that that's probably not actually true because you're going over the more than six drinks per week, which actually gets you into the significantly higher risk category for long term alcohol related consequences. Let's not get crazy here because that's probably assuming uh, 
that the glass of wine is not therapeutic in a significant way. Like if if it's yes. if having a glass of wine per day is is a strong decompressant for you and allows you to just like take a moment, 30 to 60 minutes to just like let the day and the stresses of the day But it's probably not spell. the wine that's therapeutic. Of course not. But yeah. there's all of these things where it requires that tool in order to get the thing for people. And for right. a lot of people, that's it. the question is, does it stay a small glass of red wine or does it often spill over into five or six glasses? That's a completely yeah. different set of issues. But to, to me, like the this <laughs> this recommendation is more so you don't need to be drinking every day. There's like there's no reason you should be drinking every day. Save it all and, up for one day a week yeah, and just, just party. Just <laughs> crush that case. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously binge drinking is not a good idea. But, yeah, so in social circumstances, when it's actually meaningful in the right social dynamic, then that to me is the is the proper use of alcohol. It's not, you know, just I come home and at the end of the day, I have a couple of beers because that's what I do. That's my thing. It helps me decompress. Well, but you're probably actually there's a compounding effect there and you're doing yourself a disservice in the long run. Certainly. This uh, this makes me think about our our back and forth on uh, calories and, and different calories having different consequences. You must believe that, you know. 150 calories of alcohol has different metabolic effects than 150 calories of some other kind of beverage or some other kind of food, right? Regardless, because there has to be some sort of specific ongoing metabolic consequence. Well, there's, there's no nutritional value whatsoever. So, I mean, what? <laughs> you never heard of resveratrol? <laughs> Uh, I have heard of it, and it's there's the no rage. data to suggest that it does anything. <laughs> well, not according to the headlines I've read for the past 10 years. <laughs> oh, yes, I know. Wonderful media coverage yeah, of science. You only yeah. need 700 glasses of wine exactly. per day to, to, yeah. to, to So to what you should do is take it in a supplement <laughs> form, which has no data. Yeah, anyway. Um, Xander's getting all hot under the collar over there. <laughs> yeah, so clearly, I mean, the, the calories that you take in, like, there's there's no point because there's – there's no nutritional advantage to those specific calories. Okay. What else? Yeah, fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the, the last one I had written down was um, reflect on your purpose. So this is something that, you know, not only at the new year, the new year is a good time to do that because it kind of bookends the previous year. People love looking back and doing the, you know, what happened in 2022 sort of thing. That's fine. Um, I, I think people should, actually set aside like half a day once a quarter to actually sit down and you know on your own and have a time to just reflect on what am i doing in my life that brings me meaning and what is my purpose right now you know what what are the challenges that i've chosen for myself that actually bring me meaning and help make the lives of other people better if you can do that and you have that time and you can you know either learn that you don't have any of those things in your life uh, that could be you know, motivating to do something about it or that you do and you think about ways of how do I harness that? How do I spend more time doing those important things than the other less important, less meaningful stuff? Because in the in the end of it all, when you look back over the course of your life, when you're an old person, it's it's that stuff that actually defines who you are and whether or not you think your life had value. 
Yeah, I think unfortunately most people are really going to struggle to answer that question. Good. Which is maybe which is Good. maybe the the point of the question, but I think if I if I was just to ask, you know, 20 random people, what's your purpose? They think I I don't know. What is my purpose? Well, and that's a perfect illustration of how society uses all of us for productivity. Yes. Like that is the main role of the human being in the tax-based generating society. But that does nothing for your personal well-being. And we all need to push back on that and protect ourselves from that. And you don't have to be, you know, a millionaire to have the the time and the luxury to do that. You know, there's all sorts of things you can do in your daily life which do have value and meaning. And most of that is associated with your relationships with other people. Yeah, I think a, I think a big part of the problem is that there is this expectation that uh, purpose requires a very specific productivity or reward. Whereas raising um, my, my purpose, this isn't me saying my purpose I'm, I'm giving you an example like my purpose is <laughs> to raise secret. is to yeah. raise good kids sure. who are good to the people around them and feel good about themselves and take right. on paths in life that are fulfilling to them that can be somebody's purpose and it probably should be the purpose of most parents is something along those lines but there's a lot of parents who think if I'm not making this money, driving this car, if I don't have these things that I can, you know, brag about to my friends, then I then it's not a purpose because I don't have any reason to feel good about myself. Yeah. We become very removed from what is actually meaningful to people as far as purpose, where now we were constantly exposed to the you know, the pretend luxuries of other people. And we go, oh, well, that's got to be like, that's purpose. Yeah. You know, being important, being seen as important or envious. Like we we envy people and then we see the things we envy as the thing that must be purpose yep. in life. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. So like in, in my in my job, I have the privilege of speaking with people who are literally on their deathbed. And the reflections that come from them are really instructive about the things that actually do matter. And when I speak with them about, you know, what what was your experience of life? Like, how do you define the, the sort of person that you were? You know, how, what would you say to a, a young person just coming into adulthood about the things that they should focus on? And it's always about family and relationships and having wonderful experiences, you know, getting to go on that once in a lifetime trip with people that you love. Like, those are the things or you know when it's career related it's you know i i think i really made a difference as a teacher or i think i really made a difference in my you know career just because i treated people nicely every day and you know, that's that's what it's all about nobody's telling me about the house that they had or you know how many cars they drove or how much money's in their estate they it doesn't matter i should have made more tiktok videos <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Fine. Although, who knows? A few generations But if you from capture now, that, that on that, TikTok. <laughs> that might, a few generations from now, that might be uh, – it, it's scary. I, I read a frightening stat that uh, now if, if you ask teenagers uh, in the younger end of their teens what they want to be when, when they grow up, the most common answer is a social media influencer. Yeah. 
that is like the dream career for kids now is like have a million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. Which is like a teenager saying, my dream is to be a pop star. My dream is to be like, and it's not like, it's not that those aren't realistic dreams for some people. It's that when the vast majority of young people are pointing to this thing that they're very unlikely to be successful in. It's like when you pull a thousand 14 year olds and 960 of them say, I want to be a professional athlete. That's not good for society, right? You got to have some people who want to be doctors and want to be police officers, want to be firefighters, want to be nurses, like want to serve, want to serve the community when most people's goals are number one, mostly unattainable and number two not attached to actually serving the community in some way that uh, the outlook's not good on that when you, you so i, I assume you spend a lot of time destroying your children's <laughs> dreams <laughs> oh man i'm relentless that'll with, never happen <laughs> I, i'm relentless with my kids no of course not in that way uh kid, you can be whatever you kid, want sweetie kid, kids kids can be whatever they want until they can't be whatever they want but by the time you're in yeah. high school you can't be hanging on to unrealistic yeah that's sort of you got to start picking a path a little bit which you can try a hundred different things but you got to start trying yeah, stuff. I think, yeah, my main message is, is typically, you know, just just don't close doors prematurely for yourself. Like, keep keep the opportunities open. Obviously, you know, stay in school, <laughs> do well, you know, have options at the end of it all. Because there's so many different things that you can do, obviously. And But that goes for adults, too. Like, everybody's kind of stuck in this. Uh, well, I've got I do this thing and, and that's what my occupation is and that's what I'm going to be until, you know, the day that I retire and, and that's it. It's like, well, I mean, but if that thing is actually grinding you into the ground and making you hate life, then maybe it is time for that hard decision to, to do something different and to look at things differently. Yeah. Or just spend a little bit of time doing something else and you don't know what kind of opportunities will arise that right. make it easy to go from the thing that you're currently doing full time yeah. to something that you're just dabbling in, but you got to be out doing things and trying things and yeah. and not limiting yourself to your current miserable life. <laughs> because if that's what it <laughs> is, which for a lot of people, unfortunately, they, they feel very unsatisfied with where they're at, then just start by going out and doing some different things a few hours a week and maybe that'll turn into something more significant absolutely anyhow should we turn the spotlight on (laughs) on ourselves for a second i'm curious what you want i'm curious what what are you personally thinking about in terms of you know your your personal journey for self-betterment improvement or, or are you just perfect like do i have a resolution yeah like is there is there anything you've thought about like changing your your routine or habits or anything that you're working on yeah, it's not that I it's not that I'm perfect, but I'm I'm <laughs> doing like I'm I'm doing these things all the time. Like I'm very you're, you're an experimenter. I, yeah, I haven't been like this my well, it's not that. I, I haven't been like this my whole life, but I've learned to be okay with 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 honesty with the things that I don't feel good about myself doing, behaving uh and finding a path to changing that whether it's uh, always trying to be a better dad to my kids, which for me is be less angry. <laughs> and a lot of times my anger comes from being distracted. Yeah. Like I'm doing something 
from home that's work-related at a completely inappropriate time when I should be paying attention to my kids. And then literally my a kid, one of my kids will come into to the office to talk to me and I'll basically say, like, get out of here. I'm busy, <laughs> which is the, like that's yeah. that's my problem. That's me being a, a bad dad. Uh, and as long as you can say, like, you're being a bad dad right now, you shouldn't do that and think about a path to being a better dad, <laughs> then you, you have an opportunity to change that thing. So I'm, yeah. I'm very I'm very good. It's like, funny how often these examples come up. Right. So we in, in our house, we call it the DBD. The deadbeat dad. <laughs> yeah, he was like, well, being a DVD. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of, course, of course, I wouldn't take it that far. But there's all these examples of, you know, just being short with my kids or when yeah. my my whole job is to be good to them. Right. Like they, they have no one else in their life, just me and their mother, to be responsible for being good to them all the time as often as possible. Right. Making them feel good about th- their relationship <laughs> with their parents. And that is 100% on me. Like my kids are so young that the responsibility is completely mine and Laura's. Yeah. My children have no responsibility over that relationship. Um, so it's something I take very seriously. I've been thinking recently about the amount of time that I do spend on social media. Um, which I can see it as a necessary evil. And, you know, I'm on there. I'm always, you know, doing marketing and sales for, for, for different businesses. But that always turns into looking at too much stuff, especially reading things that people who I don't even know post and feeling a way about that person who I don't even know yeah. and and having disdain for somebody on there. It's just like, this, it's crazy. This yeah. isn't good for me. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not good for me as a human being to, to have an opinion of anybody who I've never even met face to face. Yeah. Cause chances are, if I met this person face to face, we'd probably get along or even just, just like just you, fine. You, you feel this, this pull to like, if you post something, you feel this pull to go and check and see if anybody commented or or whatever. Like it's just it's even though it doesn't matter, it, it, like it doesn't matter at all. And I I mostly use social media just to put things out into the world. I'm not trying to bring things to me. Yeah. Uh, I took Twitter off my phone many months ago, and uh, I think that was a good a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty good about being affected by people who comment on my stuff. I don't even read comments most of the time. I have all of my notifications off. I put my stuff out there yeah. just because I can be affected by the things people say. And I'm quite frankly not interested in that. But I do I do have a social media mission. Like I do feel like I have a purpose on social media, which is go on there and tell the truth with, and not care about the consequence because I feel like so many people are afraid to – to say what they actually think and feel on social media because they're afraid of the sort of recourse that they're going to get. So now social media is owned by opinionated, wrong, aggressive people who don't have the best interests of humanity in general at heart. It's like we need people who can go out there and be honest and speak honestly and say, I don't care. This is like this is how I see this situation and I'm not afraid to talk about it so that other people, whether they do the same or not, can at least see someone doing that and go, oh, okay. Those things are unfortunately refreshing. But I do 
I do waste time on there looking at things that I shouldn't be looking at, getting caught up in my own internal emotional battles because this person posted something that I disagree with. And now I know everything there is to know about that person because of that tweet I read or that post they made. Like there's so much of it that's unhealthy. And I'm, I'm, I've recognized that myself. So I'm hoping going into 20, 2023, I'm, I'm stepping back from a lot of that stuff where it's okay. only like going on posting with purpose, doing the absolute minimum that I have to do to function on social media in a way that is helpful and get away from all that other stuff. And then uh, a clear, like a clear action with parenting is just do a better job of drawing a line between work and home because I try and do too much from home. Uh, and I'm always my worst with my kids when I'm when it's like here's something I have to get done right now and you're interrupting for it. sure it's for not sure. yeah. it's it's not good and which is just ridiculous right like it's and yeah the same yeah <laughs> I, I, I very much resonate you know, yeah aside from that uh, I think I'm doing pretty good okay <laughs> one, one thing that we you. started doing um, just last week actually is um, we got a gratitude journal that we share cool yeah we share <laughs> that'll last a week yeah. no we're sharing sharing with the kids so it's it's a parent and and child oh gratitude that journal. makes more sense yeah yeah not for me <laughs> specifically <laughs> uh like there's lots of data around gratitude practice and how Certainly. it you know supports well-being and positive mood and everything uh but it's been really interesting and insightful actually so there's you know, like you answer the same questions in one page the kids fill it out and then the other page the parents fill it out and then you get to read what the other person wrote and yeah, it just it's yeah it has it's created some interesting conversations and um, just I think some really positive stuff and allowed us to to connect with our kids in just a slightly different way than than we normally would with you know dinner table conversation and whatnot. So I think that's kind of cool and well, it's and, also you know, crazy people check it out. It's crazy to do stuff like that and then realize that your life is exponentially better than you make it out to be on a day to day basis when you're just constantly internalizing your problems right it's just like For sure here's all the things that went wrong yeah. today and then go to bed so many things to do and i don't have enough time to get it done and blah 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 it's like but you know what you know everybody's healthy people are happy you have the opportunity to do really cool stuff and you know maybe make a positive impact more broadly like that's wonderful yeah and the kids are a good excuse to do something like that too because that you're motivated to do it because it's helpful and constructive for your kids but ultimately it's, yeah. it's helpful and constructive for you yeah and then, but then they'll turn around and shove you out of the way to get to the advent calendar <laughs> but <laughs> my kids uh my mom surprisingly instead of getting the kids like a, a traditional advent calif- calendar full of chocolates um got them like an advent book calendar hmm. where every day there's a different book they were excited for for one day (laughs) and now they've completely forgotten about if it was a chocolate advent calendar every day they'd just be laser-focused they'd be watching the clock waiting for it to be the time that they can open their advent calendar and my kids love books and they love to read but they're just like they they have unlimited access to books (laughs) like oh great 40 more 40 more books i can't can't eat this book (laughs) (laughs) yeah so gratitude journal what else yeah do you have any like something very specific where like here's something that i don't like about myself or my life or anything where i'm going to 
You know, so I've been thinking about this, and it's probably just because I keep getting bombarded with it with the other, like the podcast that I listen to. <laughs> but I'm, my sleep isn't great, so I've have been considering like you know one of those mattress covers that cools down because I sleep hot. Have yeah. you had, have you used one of those? I have one. Yeah, I have a chili pad. Okay, uh, and I don't I don't want to. I don't want to criticize a company that maybe helps a lot of people, but for me, it is not strong enough. Like not, if like I let not it cold enough, yeah. If I let it run and get cold and it sits there for an hour before I get into bed, it's cool when I lay on it. But I think if you're more than 70 pounds, mm. your, your body heat is just going to suck the cool out of that. And it's never yeah. going to be powerful enough to actually cool you down. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't cool me down. <laughs> okay. at night. I yeah. basically turn it on because of the light humming of the unit is relaxing for me. Oh yeah. But it doesn't really, it doesn't really cool me down. I know there's other ones that the eight sleep is the one that's always. Yeah. And the chili now. pad has a, has a, like a newer, better model, right. which maybe does more, uh, but it's just got like these tiny little tubes that run vertically that the cold water circulates, and it's just it's not strong enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. So, if I didn't yeah, have a wife, thinking about it, I just the house would be cold at night when I go to sleep. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah but exactly. Every night she goes, I'm cold. Just uh, you don't have to yeah. tell me. I know. Yeah. You say it. You say it every <laughs> single night. I know you're cold. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I guess with the with the mattress cover ones, I think you can zone it and. So yeah. Well, the one I everybody's have just happy. goes on half the bed. Okay. You can make it hot too. You can make it cold. I don't know why anybody who, would want it who hot. lives in the modern world wants a hot, <laughs> hot mattress. Yeah. Fire that up in the no. summer. So you're going to make an attempt to sleep better. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I think sleep duration I could probably improve a little bit, uh, but. Yeah, by going to bed earlier. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Probably not. It's tricky. It is tricky with all of the stuff that has to happen after the kids go to bed. Yeah, it's yeah. like when you have kids, like you have to have. You can't just put your kids to bed and go to bed. No, it's incredibly unsatisfying. It's like, oh, is yeah. this my life? Oh, there's always a few things I got to finish up and do. But anyway, but I, I don't know. In in terms of other personal improvement things, it's. That's that's pretty well it at this point, but and you know keep reading and exploring and seeing what else is out there. So let's wrap this thing up. Or is that what you just did essentially? I think so. Was that not good enough? No, it was perfect. Oh, okay. I just I, I didn't want to cut you off too soon. <laughs> so resolutions, it's good if it helps you. It helps you, but it's got to be beyond just. Uh, you got to go a lot deeper than this is the year. You got to think about it a little bit more. Yeah. The content provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute the providing of medical advice and is not intended to be a substitute for independent professional medical judgment, advice, diagnosis, or treatment. I mean, clearly not when I'm speaking. I'm not a doctor, but that goes for the real doctor, Dr. Appleton as well. You should always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions or concerns you may have regarding your health. You should never disregard or delay seeking medical advice relating to treatment or standard of care because of information contained in or transmitted 
huh? transmitted. Yes, information contained in or transmitted in this podcast. <laughs>